Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. Today I am speaking with a guest all the way from Wisconsin and we're talking all about creating a culture that people want to return to and I really love today's discussion, today's interview, because it's a completely different perspective on how I have understood culture to be. So rather than creating a culture that exists right now, today's guest talks about creating a culture that people want to return to, sort of like a boomerang. And I think in this day and age where we we are well and truly uh, feeling the pressure of the great resignation, I know certainly from the conversations that I've been having to some of the HR execs that there are vacancies left, right and centre. And this is a very interesting concept around, you know, basically doing an outreach campaign of bringing people back. The the good ones, of course, you know, leave the ones that you don't want to have back in your organisation. Don't contact those. But creating a culture that people are happy to boomerang back to. So today's guest is actually Lee Kariha. And uh, she is the CEO of Double Forte, a national independent PR and communications agency and acclaimed communication strategist. Lee is known for her practical solutions to big problems. She's on a mission to help small businesses break through the noise and make big impact. She has a reputation for building cohesive, high producing teams who have fun together at the same time. And she has also authored two top selling books about positive and profitable work culture. She's a straight talker who doesn't hold too many punches. Sounds almost like my bio there as well. Although she does her best to be pleasant about it. Her big laugh and sense of humour have gotten her out of a lot of trouble. And I think, you know, this is true for so many of us. If we can have a bit of fun, we can get away with quite a lot more. So her company works with some of the top consumer lifestyle. I'm so excited to speak with Lee today around uh, how to make culture something that you want to return to. Let's dive on into today's episode. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Lee Keraher. Good morning, my time. Good evening, your time. Hello, Lee. How are you? I'm well, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Looking forward to the conversation. Me too. It is my absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Uh, So we were just talking before I hit record, but are you able to share with the listeners, where did you come from and where are you going? Where I came from, uh, I've been in the same career, public relations communications, uh, since I graduated from college, which was many years ago. Um, (laughs) But it was not intentional. My career was not intentional. I have a degree in medieval history. Um, Uh My minor was in voice, singing, German leader. Um, And I knew I didn't want to do either of those things. And my friend Ramona said, you should try out PR. I didn't know what PR was. Went to the job, you know, I went to the career center. There was a book. What is PR? Read it. That looks like me. 
was very lucky to land into a career that um, I'm so well suited for. Um, and I've been in it ever since in agencies and then in-house um, for five years at Sega, the video game company, and then outside again with a very large uh, multinational uh, PR firm. And then I started this firm, Double Forte, almost 20 years ago. Um, so that's what I've been doing. That's how I got here. Where I'm going is, um, you know, public relations and communications have changed more than any other career. Yeah. Uh, in the last 20 years, I started my company before Twitter. So uh, we've had to evolve, 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 like over the last 20 years, so many times. Um, and I think where we're going, the company is going is to still do that. Where I'm going is to keep evolving my role um, as I decide, when do I want to stop working? So not sure where that is. I don't want to work forever, but I don't want to be bored. So it'll yeah. be something to do with either building cultures, uh, helping companies build cultures or really helping companies in transitions. I'm, that's what I'm really very known for here in the country. Yeah, I love that. And you made a really valid point around PR and communication shifting mm. so much as in, you know, pre-Twitter versus now everything is via social media. But when we're talking about, you know, you work with, with corporates, you work around culture, I think there's a bit of a, a myth around PR really only being for an organization oh. or for a company. Can you talk oh. a little bit around that, busting that myth, please? Yeah. You know, people think about PR as media relations, like flax, pick up a phone. Can't you just call them and get a story? That is not the way it works. I think of PR is, it's called public relations. And how do you define your public um, is, uh, de defines how you do PR. We define the public as anybody you want to be in relationship with. So right. it could be your employees, it could be your partners, could be your customers, could be your the people who hate you, could be the government, could be the community, whoever it is. What are those publics yeah. that um, you need to have a vested, they need to have a vested interest in you to, for your company or your person to survive. So um, it's everything communication, right? Yeah. Uh, media relations is actually not direct, right? Mm. It's actually mm. through another person. So public relations, um, the way we define it at Double Forte is everything that moves around a person that might influence them or uh, inform them about a certain topic or a certain product or a certain thing. I and love then that. the thing about, so there's corporate and then there's people, right? Personal branding. I think everyone talks about personal branding. Yeah. And it used to be that a CEO, the leadership could hide behind the corporate brand. Yeah. And that is no longer true, you know? Yeah. Brands now need to, um, and I think this is true in Australia as it is here, that you know um, we're looking to companies to understand, we wanna use products, invest in products from companies or have services that we understand that line up with who we are. And so the days of hiding behind the brand are gone. Um, yes. And what you do personally um, actually reflects on the company. Um, so making sure that you're controlling your own branding as yeah. much as you can. You know, yeah. branding is what people say about you when you're not there. But being there and being visible and making sure that you're engaging is more uh, important today for corporate leaders internally and externally than it ever has been. Yeah, so you're talking around, um, I guess, the perception of corporate leaders via customers mm -hmm. or clients that might be looking to purchase, shop, engage or if, services. Or employees, recruiting, and, and also right? Yeah, recruiting. Okay. Because if you today, right? Actually, today, 
probably one third of our work right this second is around recruiting people because there's so many openings yeah. uh, for talented people in the United States. And you need to be in a place where people can find out why they would, why the heck they want to work for you. Yeah. So that's yeah. a, it is the same job. It is a different purpose. Absolutely. And we've got that here as well in Australia. There's certainly a lot of jobs going around. There's a lot of transiency happening, um, yeah. particularly at that senior leadership level. Mm -hmm. I'm working with a lot of HR managers and they're going, you know, our recruitment, we've got a lot of gaps to fill. And mm -hmm. I think you've hit the nail on the head. People aren't necessarily looking for the best pay or even the best conditions. It's more around, you know, what's it going to be like interacting with this person? Who am I actually going to be working for? and mm -hmm. working with. So in terms of, I guess, for our senior leaders or our, our exec and our CEOs who are listening, or those mm -hmm. people that are in a, you know, a typical leadership mm -hmm. position, what kind of things can they be thinking about or doing in terms of elevating their own personal brand, both within the organisation and then also externally? Let's mm -hmm. start with within. Within. Um, you need to be visible among your team, right? Mm. And um, so your company has a set of values, which your values define your behaviors that you have normalized at your company, and you need to be exhibiting them all the time. Yeah. So how do you exhibit them? How do you um, connect with your people and make sure you're not micromanaging? Because that's the worst thing you could possibly do <laughs> um, by, you know, what's the, what's the multi-touch thing that anybody in your division, one person or 300 people are going to know about you yeah. and think about it as a, as a wraparound, right? So once a month, you're going to send an email once a week, you're going to be walking around three yeah. times, you know, you're going to be choosing people to talk to over the course of the year, send, you know, all, but how are people going to know who you are? Yeah. Um, we see this over and over again, that people are like, Oh, just, you know, I never, I didn't know who that was. And younger people, people under 40, <laughs> I'm going to say that's younger. People under 30, even I'll just focus in on under 30s. You know, they want to know who is in charge and what those people stand for. And if you're yeah. not visible, um, there's plenty other options and there are plenty other leaders out there who will go have a beer with somebody. So, um, you know, figure out what is you authentically. You don't be somebody you're not. But yeah. then how are they going to know who you are? How are they going to know how you make decisions? How are you going to know? Um, and make sure that you are talking with them lots of different ways to talk with people, social media, email, a call, a Zoom, text, whatever, right? Yeah. And yeah. note if you yeah. ever remember those, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, all the time. And then uh, the other piece is, you know, that is internal, but also then that translates to external. What are you doing? Um, you know, who, where are you speaking? What are your, you know, what are the topics that you are an expert in? Uh, that in your industry that where you can be a mentor to other people, either mm. in your company or outside of your company. And that's stuff you can use on LinkedIn. That's stuff you can do in webinars that you should be sharing with your people because um, that's, uh, you know, they want to know that they're working with somebody who matters in their industry. No one wants to work for a loser. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. No yeah. one wants to work for a loser. And, you know, oh, I saw this guy, you know, did you see that guy, Jim? He wrote this great article about what to focus on right now and how he's getting through it and all that kind of stuff. Well, do that stuff and then share it back into your teams. I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, you've hit the nail on the head. There's a lot on LinkedIn and there's a lot that we can do in social media, Sorry. but but the, particularly the people that and, and leaders of organizations that mm -hmm. share stories 
on LinkedIn and how that relates oh. to the organization, I'm far more likely. We've got a CEO yeah. here um, who looks after our Adelaide Zoo and her uh-huh. stuff that she puts on social media on LinkedIn is fascinating. You know, little uh-huh. little tidbits about, you know, the zoo and what's been going on. And mm-hmm. yeah, it makes you want to go back and visit again and again, which of course again, is the again, whole point. Right? Yeah. And I think the more, you know, we are, are trained, well, hmm, people of my age, um, you know, we came up in the world, don't be vulnerable, don't let them see you cry, don't, yeah. and that's just a load of crap, right? Yeah. Basically, people want to know that you're people, yeah. they, you know, don't try to be perfect, you're not perfect, don't try to be, um, when you screw up, say so, uh, but if you can be vulnerable at what is hard, like, you know, this, I'm, I'm now I'm going to find this woman who runs the zoo, but, um, you know, I'll send it, I'll send you the link. She's fascinating. Like koala got out and that sucked. Like that was terrible. And people touched it. They shouldn't have, you know, that ruined my whole day or whatever, you know, that meant we had a breakdown in something and, oh, you know, that's a hard so thing. But what did you learn from it? Right. What did I learn? Yeah. Yeah. The wraparound lesson. When you share pe- with people what you learn the hard way, man, it breaks down all sorts of barriers. Yeah, absolutely. Because you become a real person. Exactly. And I have a very small company. It is true for big companies and it's true for small companies. And it's absolutely. actually, I think, harder in some ways to be the CEO of a small company because everyone thinks they can have a part of you. And when you're a CEO <laughs> or a leader of a large division or company, everyone knows they can't get a part of you. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yes, I've done both. You know, they both have their pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do. And I think this whole topic of accessibility, while not mm-hmm. necessarily being accessible 100% of the time, because there's still work mm-hmm. to do. But yeah, it's, a, it's a definitely a balancing act for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me a little bit around, uh, you know, cultures that people want to return to. We we're having yeah. a quick chat before I hit record. And mm-hmm. I hadn't actually ever thought about cultures in this respect as in people that have left Mm -hmm. and then come back you've got a book on it uh around people returning so talk Mm -hmm. to me a little bit around around this because I guess what what I'm thinking and correct me if I'm wrong people that have left an organization and then come back they're still going to have a lot of that knowledge so in terms of training and Mm -hmm. recruitment that's going to be less of an issue or less of a time time spent so what is what is your thinking around this yeah, so I think a few things. One, it's very, you know, if we think about when you hire someone, you know they're going to leave you. You know this. They're going to go. Unless whoever you hired takes your job, right? And you go into the sunset. So they're going to leave you. And if we can just embrace it from the beginning and understand that v- and companies are places that people go through. And mm-hmm. how do we keep them longer than they think they're going to stay with us? Yeah. Number one. Right. And that is all about um, being a place to stay for. So what's a place to stay for? A place to stay for is a place where I understand my role and it matters. Mm. I understand uh, I can resolve conflict easily. Mm. I uh, feel valued and I'm appreciated and people um, do the things. And there's, you know, the book, um, uh, Language of of Work Appreciation, which I highly recommend. Um, because, you know, people feel appreciation in different ways. Some people want you to tell them, some people never want you to talk to them, you know, but understanding that. Yeah. Um, And people want work that is meaningful to them, right? Where they actually moved a ball down the field and made a difference. That's what people are looking for uh, when you, when they work for you, right? And that's messy, but the messy, it's actually simple. 
Who are you, Allie? What do you want to do in your life? I don't know. What do you want to do in this company? Well, I've had, this is my job. Okay. What do you want that role to be? How can that role be more meaningful? How are you going to, how are you going to know that you feel um, appreciated? How are you going to know that we appreciate your work? How are you going to know all this stuff, right? Good feedback, all this stuff. So that's it. And if you do those things, you keep people longer, but Allie, you have multi, you're a person with many, many interests and many, many other things going on in your life. And you said you had four young children and you might, you know, there's different times of your life where you want to do different things. Mm. One company probably can't keep you mm. your whole career. Yeah. It's really so arrogant to think that we can keep people for their whole careers when they have, you know, I want to be a nurse. Well, we don't have a hospital here. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't be a nurse at Double Forte. But I'll help you become a nurse. Yeah. How can I help you become a nurse, right? Yeah. So, um, because what happens then is you've moved beyond the I pay you, you do the work. I do. I pay you, I do the work. Now you're saying, I pay you, you do great work, and you matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, this is what happened at Double Forte. A woman came. I want to be a nurse. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're yeah. not a hospital. I can't help you. I mean, well, how can I help you? Can I write a letter to school for you? She had to go to nursing school. And she said, no, actually, I have to do some some um, classes before I'm eligible for nursing school. I said, well, right. what if you keep working and we'll just change your schedule to accommodate that? You keep yeah. doing your job. It's going to take two years for her to get through the pre stuff. Yeah. I get a two year extra person out yep. of this, right? That's already got the knowledge, job. expertise, skills. Right. Yep. But yep. she changes her. And then she has a long exit, a really long. I don't have to really raise her salary too much because we've parked her there. Yeah. I mean, I raised her, obviously, but it wasn't, she was no longer on a promotion track. Yeah. It's actually very helpful for us. Yes, and then right. when she left, she left, right? Well, yep. she left, she did it, but then um, she didn't like it. And she went oh. back. And- PR world. So she, you know, right. back when that, but she had moved. Yes. So, okay. Um, she uh, helped her find a job, right? Lee, I want, I'm going to move to Portland. At that time, we didn't have remote workers. Now we have everybody everywhere. Yeah. Um, but um, let me figure it out. And then she probably referred four or five pieces of business to us. She didn't have to do that. We didn't compensate her for that. Um, but if she had been, so thinking about loyalty beyond being people being paid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then if she ever moved at the time, I was like, if you ever move back to this area, please call me first because I'd love yeah. to have you back. Yeah. And she said, of course I would do that. Yeah. So be, first you need to be a place to stay for, right? Yeah. And stop yeah. worrying about people leaving you because if you're worried about people leaving you, it's wor- you, you are working from a scarcity fear place mm-hmm. and you start making bad decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little extra money here an extra day out there and all yeah. of a sudden you're like co- compromising your your work product all over the place yeah don't ever do that right yeah um and how why are you a place to return from to right you're a place to return to because people have left they've gone into the world they've advanced their career in a different way they're mm-hmm. now at their next piece mm-hmm. your company has moved forward too as soon mm-hmm. as you leave the company changes right yeah yeah um, you've evolved you've evolved they've evolved they've evolved but you know the values match up yeah this of course is for people you want to return you don't ask everybody to come back <laughs> <laughs> no not the ones you don't want to return right. yet be strategic yeah, but, uh, you know what i'm saying yeah. you already know the values line up you yeah. already know yeah. that um they know how to get things done 
Um, but then they're in a different position and you're in a different position. And is this now, you know, are, can you offer them a position at this point in their career that makes sense for your company? Yeah. Yeah. That's a win, win, win everywhere. Because yeah. one, it's an easy one. As soon as you bring someone back, people go, wait, it may be the grass isn't so green out there. Right. Ah, interesting. You know, I hadn't thought of it from oh, that perspective. Why would you That's come back great. Here? You had such a great opportunity. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? This is a great place because you don't yeah. come back to a place you don't like. Number yes, one. Yes, love two, it. Really demonstrating a, the longitude of your company, really acknowledging who you are as an entity and that, you know, we're great in this environment, but we're not going to be great for that. Right. Or yeah. there's no room where we don't offer that service or that person. We've had a couple of people who've left. And they were just ahead of us, right? We yeah. didn't offer, we didn't do what they wanted to do. Well, we yeah. do those things now. Yes. They came back and they were ready to do those things like from the get-go. They didn't have to learn. They learned on someone else's yeah. dime. How great is that? So, <laughs> you know, um, I think it came, my the book, which is called um, The Boomerang Principle, you know, it came out of actually uh, work I did from my first book, which is Millennials and Management Internet Generational Workforces. Yeah. Because what we're seeing in every single, um, every single workshop I did, I did so many workshops over two years, someone would, you know, what about these millennials? They're terrible. And uh, they're dead to me. You know, like, <laughs> why should I train them? Why should I train them if they're going to leave? And right. I'm like, well, you just deep sixed your company right there. No one's ever dead to you. Yeah. interesting because they have the choice there are more choices for employees today than there ever been number one number two every job is going to change you could hire someone today for a job they leave you in five years they are not doing the same thing they came for period 100 yeah 100 so you better you know you're not going to have a job if you're calling people dear to them and i really wrote it out of like please stop saying this in yeah. this country, in that year, that was 2015. But in 20, I wrote, I published this book in 2018, I guess. In 2015, in, in the United States, over half of the companies publicly traded, big and large and small and teeny and all the and midsize in between, over half of the companies here had policies against rehiring people. Uh-huh. Um, and that, okay. But how short-sighted? You mm-hmm. already determined that they are good matches for you. Yeah, I you haven't heard of that. Determined that they do good work mm. you know so you are actually shrinking your world yeah. if you if people are dead to you once you leave yeah as opposed to keep them attached to you in some way shape or form keep them informed keep them connected keep them you know help them when they're doing that they will help you back um that's the definition of loyalty right not that yeah. you're paying them yeah the defin- that's a transaction the definition yeah. of loyalty is doing something for somebody else when you don't have to, right? Mm-hmm. So they're out in the world. They're like, hey, Allie, you want to, you're looking for a new job? You know what? You should go talk to Lee. I think you guys would be a great match. Mm. Well, that person didn't have to do it for you or me. Mm. Yeah, right? I love that. That's a loyal act. So thinking about the long-term, you know, my the premise of the book is that companies that not only allow, but encourage people to return have a strategic advantage over those that don't. Yeah. Because of the culture thing, because uh, people come back to places where there's low friction. Low friction <laughs> is where there's more joy. Where there's more joy, there's more profit. I mean, it just, I mean, I could go on. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, we're seeing it now here. We're in 
I don't know if you call it that, the great resignation. We do call it the great resignation with most people. I really like that term. I I think of it as an evaluation. Oh, good one. Yes. Because, you know, they're not exactly resigning to resign. They're resigning because, well, something doesn't match my life or I'm, there's a lot of trauma or I can't deal with things or you can't let me move or whatever it is. And they're reprioritizing their own values, right? Yes. Um, Yes. So it's a reevaluation, but a, something like, I mean, at one time um, earlier this year, something like 40% of the people who had left companies wanted to return to them. Yeah, right? I didn't know that. So, you know, grass is not always greener. And in these kind of, I mean, I realize I'm just talking, 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 Ellie. I'm so sorry. But, Don't be all good. <laughs> you know, this is an extraordinary event worldwide. We're an extraordinary yeah, event. Yeah. Hope it's not over. None of us have been through this before. Not one of us have been through yeah. this before. And we shouldn't expect all of us to have the same reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this country, over a million people have died. Over yeah, a million it's a lot. Died. A million it's people. So tragic. The state yeah. of Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin is 6 million people. So about 15% of our population died. Yeah, wow. Nuts, mm. right? And you can't mm. expect that not to have a huge impact mm. on everybody in a different kind of way. So yeah. I yeah. get the evaluation, but if companies don't shift to mm. the reality that people are reprioritizing their bottom lines to mean mm-hmm. many more things than just money, yeah, they're going to be way behind. Mm. So as, as you're speaking, I'm a natural problem solver. So I've got a question for you. I'm not sure if you've come across this. So when we're talking about people returning, you know, they've left, you know, they've exited for whatever reason, another job, lifestyle choice, career break, whatever it happens to be, because there is such a recruitment, I guess, frenzy on at the moment, have you come across any of, um, I guess, organizations, HR areas, recruitment departments that are actually doing an outreach on past Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of that, but I, now I'm like, Absolutely. oh, it's a good idea. So Microsoft, um, there. So Microsoft is really good at this. They have yep. they've created their own platform. So actually, McKinsey, McKinsey, the um, the consultancy. Uh, thank you very much. Has yep. probably they started the whole idea of a corporate alumni program. Yes. And mostly it wasn't for returning. Mostly it was for client placement and then rehiring McKinsey to do the work again. Right. 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 You, you okay. don't go back to McKinsey after you get placed as a CEO. Yep. Um, yeah. But uh, and then Microsoft um, created a software program around it, and that there are several. You know, for and they have hundreds of thousands of people who have worked for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a corporate program. Um, I actually have. Um, and I'll, I'll give it to you as a link, or you can have as a download, Ellie. Um, I've created a, um, a blueprint on how to create your own corporate um, alumni program. It's really yeah. simple. Yeah, I love that. And every company, any size needs it. So we're 21 people. We have one. We have it. We don't operate it on LinkedIn because LinkedIn's not, you can't um, operate oh, no. it as well. You're right. Okay. Exactly. We actually operate ours in um, between our email and um Facebook groups, a private Facebook group, which right. we have much more control over. But you know, companies who are at least a hundred people or have a hundred, hundred or more people who are um, alumni who you're who have deemed as you would want to have them return or be in your, you know, be in your ecosystem, there are yeah. software for that now. Um, and it's very easy to manage, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you sort of decide, you know, it, it's celebrating, it's sort of celebrating the people who've left, 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keeping them up to date with what's going on in the company. Yeah, love it. Providing them um, uh, spiffs. So maybe if you're a consumer product company, you send them the new product. If yeah. you are a service company, you send them a code. If you send them a jacket, when they, you know my company's turning 20 years old this year, everyone who ever worked for Double Forte is getting something from me in September. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, um, top secret, right? But they're all getting something that they can wear, even if yeah. they have no work for us right now. Yeah. Because they've all been connected to us for so long. So it's really easy that. to do. And when you get to that moment, right, that says, huh, I wonder what I, I don't know, I should do something new now. I want to do something new. Then you're at top of mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. ask always when we post a job, we first post it into our alumni group. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We're hiring for this role. Yeah. This is sort of universal. We don't ask people specifically, but universal. If you know someone or if yeah. you're interested yeah. who would be great for this role, please let us know. Yeah. Um, we hope to hire this person and we get the location and all that kind of stuff. And probably we've hired since we started this uh, group, which was in 2017 or 16, like I said, um, <laughs> we've probably hired 30% of our people that way. There you go. I love it. So it's a corporate. They know you. They know you. They They know know I can trust you. They know who's going to be good in your company. Yeah. So it's a blueprint for corporate, how to set up your own corporate alumni program. I love it. I've not heard of that before. I'm sure. Really simple. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so before we wrap up, I have loved speaking with you about this. And I think, you know, definitely creating a culture that people want to return to is going to be key for succession planning and the success of any organization is really concentrating on the conversations that you're having with people, real life people uh, in real life work <laughs> situations. Oh my gosh, shocker. Uh, but what are your top five tips for, for leaders? Either something that you wish you knew when you were first starting out or yeah. something that you oh see popping up time and time again? You know, um, uh, I think the first thing that is uh, be vulnerable. Yeah. When you, I said it earlier, when you share what's been hard for you, um, it makes you more approachable. It makes you more believable. Mm, number two mm-hmm. is you know work is not a democracy mm-hmm. yeah. however today's world everybody wants input so yeah a high input low democracy um philosophy yeah is going to get the most buy-in over the longest time it forces you to make an informed decision you will make better decisions the more input you get so high input low democracy mm-hmm. let it be messy yeah. Everybody likes check boxes. I like to check the box. I want this person, that person, that there are people are not boxes. Yeah. Let it be messy. I want this exact person in the senior, you know, this is going to be a problem for everyone's looking for those senior managers who exactly fit the box, right? Yeah. They don't yeah. exist because if they did exist, you would know who they were and you already work for them. Yeah. Or they right. already work for you. Yeah. So you got to be creative. Like, oh, yeah. that person, think about potential, not past. Think about Ooh, potential, not that's past. Good. Yeah. Because um, when you trust someone and you give someone a, uh, they haven't already done the job, they're so much more excited about doing the job yeah. than just doing what they've already done before. Uh, that's number three. Number four is focus is your friend. So I like your idea of this airport thing. Ah, uh, yes. Right? You know, murder, well, my friend Nella Fur calls it murder bordering. You have so many good ideas and you really have to focus on 
what's most important right now uh, with a long-term vision to that. So don't get rid of your ideas, but focus on the ones that you can do right now. And just people get distracted easily today. You know, yep. it's like goldfish. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. So <laughs> yes, there's saying, so many things. Focus is your friend. Yep. Focus is your friend. And um, I think the last piece is um, don't be afraid to be in a relationship with people who you don't know. Oh, I love that. Tell me more about that. You know, we don't know our people, you yeah. know, so I, yeah. I have employees who have parents younger than me. <laughs> uh, for someone who was, I was a fast riser, you know, so I've just, and I'm just like last year, I just tapped over. I'm like, oh, I have employees who have parents who are younger than me. Right. Uh, it's weird for me not to be, you know, the youngest in the room, even though I'm clearly not. Um, and it's hard, you know, just on being in relationship with people, even if you don't know them. And what I, what I mean by not know them is I don't understand their lives. I don't understand how they're living. We, I don't understand more today than I did at the beginning of COVID. That's for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, how can you be in relationship with people who have nothing in your orbit? Mm, right. Because yeah. you're counting on those people yeah. to keep your company going. Yes. hundred percent. And they, people want to be in relationship with the leaders. So how yeah. do you find those relationship things and what makes sense? Right. And it doesn't have to be um, hard. It doesn't have to be huge. You know, some people think <laughs> I need a big program for this. No. How if you just have pizza, you yeah. know, or, yeah. you know, have, have a volunteer day or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's lots to do. Yeah. Um, where you get to know people um, in my company, in my last company where I had over 600 people, there's no way for me to meet everybody, um, you know, every year, one-to-one. Yep. But every time I went to a comp- uh, an office, I would meet three or four people. And each time I would go, it would be different people. Mm-hmm. You'd go to coffee, go to lunch. I didn't know them. And um, I, I wish I could talk to everybody, but I couldn't. Just schedules didn't allow. Mm. But the more people know you, the more you are known. The more yeah. people, and, and yeah. the less likely they are to react badly when you screw up. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a good point at the end. The less, the more likely people are to know you, the less likely they are to stuff up. You know, they, just like they've got up invested interest. Yeah, love yeah. that. So to recap, we've got be vulnerable. Work is not a democracy. Uh, let it be messy. Focus is your friend. And if you're listening, not watching, um, I've got a picture of an airplane up on my wall <laughs> behind me, which my mentor, Jane Anderson, talks about as the airport where we, you know, put all the ideas that haven't yet landed or that we're still focusing on. They're still circling around. And then the lucky last one um, around be in a relationship with people you don't know and I think that that is just such a key takeaway for not just work life but life life you know there's so many beautiful opportunities to meet people that perhaps are outside of our regular circle and you've also mentioned about your um, blueprint for developing Mm -hmm. a corporate alumni program which I'll put the link in the show notes for anyone who wants to download that Lee thank you so much for sharing your expertise and thoughts around creating a culture that people want to return to. I've loved it. Any last words or takeaways? No, I'm looking forward to visiting you though. Oh, me too. I'll take you to see <laughs> the, the koalas. <laughs> We've just yeah, got the, the koalas out of the cage. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Just the kangaroos that are jumping down the main road. And, the- and we were supposed to come to Australia uh, two years ago. So we've had to postpone oh. it. So hopefully they get there soon. Yes, it is a beautiful, beautiful country, um, all areas, depending on where you go, you will be delighted, I'm sure.
I'm sure I will. All right. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.